She was beautiful, she married the man she loved, and then she killed their children. Hello, this is The Ark, with me, Rachel Kahn. Medea is a figure from ancient Greece who's had a lively reputation in Western literature and art. She was a symbol of evil, but also of power, a sorceress, and a goddess. Today, she's most interesting to feminists, and she regularly appears with the abortion issue. Emma Griffiths is a lecturer in classics at the University of Manchester, and for 15 years she's been researching and reflecting on this troublesome female, Medea. Well, she begins as part of somebody else's story. The Greek hero Jason is sent on an apparently impossible mission to capture the Golden Fleece. And when he gets to Colchis, he finds Medea, who's the princess, who falls desperately in love with him. She is the person who helps him to accomplish his mission to steal the Golden Fleece. And she leaves with him, supposedly to live happily ever after. They're going to get married. And that, we hope, is going to be the end of the story. Unfortunately, when they get back to Greece, they have a number of other problems. And uh, Medea helps Jason in other situations, not least by causing the death of a number of characters in Greece. The story, as it becomes most famous, takes place in Corinth, when Jason and Medea have settled there with their children. And Jason decides, for whatever reason, that he's going to have another wife. Medea is understandably somewhat unhappy about this and ends up killing their children to take revenge. She then flees and the story continues, but um, it becomes rather less interesting for ancient audiences. The main focus is the fact that she kills her own children to take revenge for Jason's infidelity. And that, of course, is how she is probably most remembered. But can you tell me, is Medea actually a goddess? She seems to be very human, apart from the fact that she kills her children. Does she, in fact, have divine lineage? Absolutely. This is one of the most interesting aspects of her character, that, as you say, her behaviour can often be seen as, as very human. But perhaps the extremity that she goes to, and certainly the methodology that she implies, um, owes a lot to her divine heritage. And, in fact, um, she is generally portrayed as being the granddaughter of the sun god Helios, so in many of the stories, she's able to, to use Helios's chariot, sort of borrowing the parents' car, the sort of thing. Um, and she's related to one of the, the most famous sorceresses in Greek mythology. This is Circe, who captures the hero Odysseus. So Medea does have that very strong divine background. And how far we see her as a goddess or as a mortal woman is, is where a lot of the interest in these stories comes from. Well, you mentioned sorcery, and that's certainly part of her story. She seems to be a sorceress mm. of sorts. Absolutely, yes. I mean, she seems to have links to the very earliest traditions of magic in, in the ancient world, particularly in, in the Greek Mediterranean. A lot of these, these skills, which today we would think of as medicinal, were seen in the ancient world as, as magical. She, she has knowledge of how to use medicinal herbs and so on. But she's also connected with a lot of the primal forces of, of life and death. She, she is shown as being able to bring people actually back to life and rejuvenate them. So there are some, some very powerful forces involved in her story. And very contradictory themes there. On the one hand, killing her children, but also able to bring people to life. 
I think that that is, is one of the fundamental issues in her story, that she encompasses both aspects of, of life and death in one character. And it, it's constantly trying to find a balance between the two when we're interpreting her story. Emma, are there other Greek goddesses or Roman goddesses who kill their children? Are there other characters, I guess, in Greek and Roman mythology? That do well, this. yes, she she isn't without parallel. Um, the difficulty is that the majority of characters in Greek and Roman mythology who do kill their children either do it when they're mad, or they do it by accident. And such is the case of the Greek hero Heracles, who's who's driven mad and, and kills his children as part of that. The only figure who is really parallel to Medea in terms of, of taking a deliberate decision to kill her children would be Procne. And what's interesting about this is that, again, this is in a, a situation where a man is unfaithful. In the story of Procne, her husband, Tereus, rapes Procne's own sister, Philomela. And in revenge for this, Procne kills the child that she has with Tereus. And then it, it gets even worse because she actually serves him, it up to him as a meal. So there are parallels for Medea's extreme actions, but she is very much the, the one figure who seems to have caught the imagination of people in Greece and Rome, and obviously in later centuries. One of the things you point out in your book about Medea is that she was never punished for her act of infanticide. Yes, yes, and that is, is particularly disturbing for modern audiences. It's a part of a pattern as well that every time Medea commits some terrible atrocity, starting with the killing of her own brother, she manages to escape from it. And I think that that was part of the attraction for the ancient audience, that this was a character who seemed to be outside the general rules of, of natural justice. Well, Emma, we're talking there about mythology, but Medea appears in the writings of Greek authors, such as Euripides, who wrote a play about yes. her in the 5th century BC. Was he just depicting a bad woman in the War of the Sexes? <laughs> yes, it, it, well, it, it is sometimes interpreted like that, but um, the play itself is, is a lot more complicated, not least because we start off with a very strong statement of how difficult life can be for women, um, which is why some modern audiences have taken up Medea as a feminist icon. As the play develops, however, we discover that a range of different characters all have different perspectives, and so there isn't a single good character, bad character divide. Many of our sympathies are with Medea at the start of the play when we discover that Jason's been unfaithful, but as the play moves on and we, we discover exactly what she's planning to do to take revenge, our sympathies shift away from her. So I think that what Euripides is presenting is an examination of a difficult situation, if you like. He's not really presenting us with a, a, a black and white set of answers. And that is, is one of the reasons why the play in particular has been so influential, because it, it invites us to consider issues rather than simply saying, well, this is the answer. The Stoic philosopher Seneca wrote about Medea. How does his version compare to Euripides? Well, yes, there's a long historical gap between Euripides and Seneca. Seneca's writing in the, the early period of, of the Roman Empire. But Seneca's Medea is in many ways different from Euripides because the Romans were far more interested in the spectacle that a witch could present, whereas Euripides' heroine is a psychological figure. And we perhaps think about 
the situation she's in and how did she get into that. In Seneca's play, the interest is far more in how does Medea act as a witch? What are the spells she uses? What are the chants that she uses? And so it's in many ways a less subtle portrayal which influences um, future audiences far more than Euripides does because it's so, so dramatic. Is Seneca then responsible for the way Medea is represented when Christianity gains dominance? I think that um, he certainly has a, an important part in this. I mean, there's a, a long tradition of writers and artists throughout the Greek and Roman world who, who look at Medea, and throughout the Roman world she is presented very much as this, this terrifying witch figure. What's interesting when Christianity becomes the, the dominant force in the world is that we would expect that Medea would, would disappear, that um, she would be impossible to fit into a sort of a Christian worldview. But interestingly, St. Augustine, who's, who's writing in the late 4th century AD, actually mentions that when he was a young man, he sang something called the Flying Medea as part of a competition. So people were still interested in her. And one of the ways that I think she was fitted into a Christian worldview is as part of the demonization of female sexuality, that she is the absolute exemplar of what happens when female sexuality is not controlled. So she was allowed to survive um, more as a, an anti-example rather than being incorporated fully into the Christian worldview. Yes, I can imagine her being contrasted to the Virgin Mary, for example. Absolutely, yes. I mean, she, she's almost the negative image there. Emma, you also mention in your book several examples of the way Medea enters Western art and literature. She seems to have kind of had a revival in the 19th century. Absolutely, yes. And um, that, that's due to a, a range of, of different reasons. One is, is the, the visual possibilities offered by this dramatic witch figure. She's presented as very beautiful, but equally surrounded by this air of mystery. And I think for a lot of the, the visual artists in the 19th and early 20th century, that's what catches their attention. But she's also a very important figure in the theatre. Um, if we think about Shakespeare's plays, the interest that's shown there in witchcraft and sorcery owes a lot to ancient portrayals of Medea. Um, I'm thinking particularly in The Tempest and obviously in Macbeth, where, where the witches and Lady Macbeth herself owe a lot to, to ancient ideas of Medea. The most interesting aspect, um, if we're looking at Medea in terms of gender relations, is really in the 19th century in relation to the British Divorce Act, um, which was mid-19th century. And Medea is often shown then in serious and comic plays, as though her, her story is really about the difficulties of divorce and the iniquities that women suffer. So I think Euripides would have been um, quite amused to see his story being used in that context. Well, you mentioned feminist writers earlier on, and I wonder how how do they treat this figure who, after all, did kill her children? Have there been sort of revisionist or apologetic versions of the Medea story? Yes, it, it's a difficult question um, because in some ways Medea is the, the standard bearer for women standing up for their rights and uh, not accepting being treated as badly as, as Medea feels she's been. But as you say, um, it's quite difficult to identify with the figure who, who kills her own children. 
Some feminist writers have approached this and said, well, actually, when the circumstances are so extreme, you have to take extreme measures. But I think that that's a viewpoint that most women today would find quite uncomfortable. And there have been other readings, more revisionist readings, which say that the way the story is presented basically isn't fair to Medea. And uh, Krista Wolfe's novel in 1996 plays around with the story and says, well, basically, Medea w was in a corner. She had her back against the wall, and she did what she did to survive. And, and Wolf's explanation plays around with lots of ideas about ethnic identity, things that are relevant to, to human individuals, if you like, rather than just the idea of, of the woman killing her children. So I think her story can be broadened out um, so that it's not simply about a woman taking revenge on an unfaithful husband. It can be seen as an examination of the problems that the individual faces trying to fit into society. And so she can be rehabilitated like that, but it doesn't get us away from the basic problem that she does kill her children. Yes. Emma, how do you relate to Medea yourself? For me, the, the meaning of the myth at, at the moment is more to do with how women in the modern world define ourselves. Do we want to fight against injustices in our career, in our relationships and so on? Or are there situations where to fight against something beyond a certain point is going to result in a, a complete catastrophe? And perhaps what we need to do is, is take a step back and define ourselves in our own terms rather than letting ourselves be categorised as mothers, wives, um, partners and so on. Emma Griffiths lectures in the thriving classics department at the University of Manchester. Her book, Medea, is part of the Gods and Heroes of the Ancient World series, published by Rutledge. Tune in again next week for The Ark with me, Rachel Collins.